Ahoy, mateys, and welcome to Half Decent Podcast, which is a podcast presented by Half Decent Banter and hosted by me, Lucy Joseph. And me, Ross Murray. Every week, we choose a topic and write about it from our respective genders. And then at the end of the week, we talk about what we've written. And this week, we're talking about Dirty Grandpa the movie. We sure are. Should we get into it? Yes, let us get right into it. Okay. All right. Let's talk, Ross. We need to have a discussion. We do need to have a discussion. We need to have a conversation about this movie. Now, because you wrote about it first this week you get to introduce it okay this is what i'm gonna do i'm gonna read out the description that is depicted on the internet Mm -hmm. i'm not going to give my own description i'm going to give the description that is portrayed to the public Mm. and unbiased i like that correct you don't know this description i've read this out previously and i laughed about it about 30 seconds ago and I'm really excited to tell it to you. I'm on the edge of my seat. <laughs> so this is the description as portrayed on RottenTomatoes.com. Dirty Crampa, which is given 10% tomato meter. <laughs> Here it is. Okay. <laughs> okay. The, crimmets, the, the critics' comments are, like a worthless original dropped in down a sewer drain, Dirty Grandpa represents the careless fumbling of a classic talent <laughs> that once brought ple- pleasure to millions. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God, yeah. Can you read that? Can you read that one more time? Okay. I need to let uh, it sink in. Like a Werther's original drop down a, a sewer drain, Dirty Grandpa represents the careless fumbling of a classic talent that one, once brought b- pleasure to millions. Amen. Preach. <laughs> Preach that truth. <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh, wow. Oh, okay. God, yeah. Okay, so... Well, you... Okay, so now give us your your intro. Okay. Um. So... Dirty Grandpa for me, I've seen this film five and a half times. That's that's five times too many. It is. I now know that. Yeah. I now know that that is way too many times to be watching such a film like this. Mm-hmm. However, I did start this film feeling pretty good about it. Mm-hmm. I'm not going to lie. I On the first two watches, I watched this back to back straight off. Which is impressive. I was I'm, impressed when you I'm impressed with myself for doing that. <laughs> so, and then I watched it uh, for the next consecutive two days. Mm-hmm. And then I watched it another time by myself. And then I shared a watch with you yes. this afternoon. Yes. Which was good. I felt good about watching it with someone else. Because yeah. I had a few laughs at a few points, which was nice to know that you laughed at the same points. Yes. Um, but there were some times in which I laughed and you definitely did not, which made me feel really self-conscious about I it. I didn't laugh and I probably did the opposite. I cringed. I physically cringed. And it was, but no, it was nice watching it with you because I could cringe at someone and not just to no one. And it's better to be able to cringe at someone just to be able to express that outwardly. But so, so give, give us an introduction as to what this movie is about. For, for those who 
very intelligently did not watch this movie at all. Okay, so there's a lot going on in this film and I'm going to try and sum it up in the most succinct way possible Mm -hmm. to save a bit of time. Essentially, Robert De Niro is the grandfather to Zac Efron. Robert De Niro is trying to reconnect with Zac Mm -hmm. in a way that he goes on a road trip with him to uh, Tampa Bay. Daytona Beach. Sorry, Daytona Beach, you're correct. Daytona Beach. Daytona Beach. And along the way, they go through a series of very poorly connected (laughs) episodes Mm. or just... Zany misadventures. Correct. And it eventuates in the pre-wedding ceremony or the the rehearsal. The rehearsal. Americans love rehearsal weddings. I now know that they love rehearsals. Yeah. And it ends in the decision of Zephron to not go forward with the wedding and to start dating... Shadia, who he has met along the way and mm-hmm. he has discovered that he has feelings for it because he essentially has gone down a path that he has not agreed with his entire life and he's, got, he's agreed with his father for a large proportion of his life and his grad- grandfather is trying to convince him of that fact. Mm-hmm. And show him a better way. Correct. So, But that- what actually, what actually is the story about? Like what actually happens? Just, just, just say it. <laughs> it's a huge steaming pile of shit. It's the end of Robert De Niro's career as we know it, isn't it? That's what we've just watched. <laughs> it really is. It really is so bad. It's so bad. It made me want to cry. So I wrote my post uh, first. So I posted mine on Wednesday, mm-hmm. and I was pretty upbeat about this. Yeah. I was a bit nervous about about how optimistic you were because I knew from the trailer that this was going to be <laughs> really bad. I think when I wrote my post, I was I, I had watched it three times mm-hmm. and there were some gags in there that I was, I was very fond of and mm-hmm. still am. But let's tell me, tell me first what you hated about the movie. Okay. Let's go through the cons. Sure. Uh, my cons were... I'm going to give you my, my three top cons. Mm-hmm. My first con was the scene in which Robert De Niro raps to Ice Cube's Today is a Good Day. Mm-hmm. That scene was possibly the most cringeworthy episode of film i've ever been witness to it was just the worst and every time of the five time or five and a half times i've seen this film i just i i collapsed within myself (laughs) and i i cannot express how uncomfortable i felt within my own skin about witnessing that yeah it was just the worst purely that scene in itself was enough for me to hate the the whole if that yes. if if that was in the Godfather two <laughs> I would have hated the Godfather two yep. which is notoriously known as one of the best best films of all time yes I would have been very surprised if if, if that was in the Godfather two because because De Niro's in that in the Godfather two but the character that he plays is set back in like nineteen dickety whatever before karaoke was certainly a thing and before Ice Cube was Ice Cube. 
Ice Cube. Ice Cube was certainly a thing as well. Yep. So that's number one. Number two for me, I'm going to put down to the editing as a whole. Yeah. The editing as a whole. The editors, her name is Anna McCabe. And she should she should reconsider her career, right? Absolutely. Mm-hmm. She definitely should. Mm-hmm. Because I think there are a couple of gags in there that could have really easily summed up by some quick, sharp editing. Namely, the the jail scene. Mm-hmm. And there are a few jokes throughout, littered throughout, that just really could have been sharpened up. And I don't know why I've decided Anna has... I, I'm blaming a lot of responsibility on her, but mm-hmm. I just am. Yeah, I, 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 I agree need, with that. I need someone to blame, and for me, it's Anna. Yeah, I agree with that. Number three... Um, Look, number three, I'm going to go with the fact that all of the minorities in the film, the cultural minorities, Mm -hmm. are drug dealers, criminals, or in jail. Yeah. And I just, my housemate pointed that out to me uh, during my third watch, (laughs) and now I can't help but notice it every time I watch it, which, again, I reiterate, is too many times. Yes. Um, so they're my top three. I want to know, can you tell me your top three? Well, um, yes. So when I read your post, um, we, we agree on, on most things. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, when you, when you wrote it, when you wrote your post, you were very optimistic about it, which I feel has now been killed. Correct. Along with a little bit of your soul. Absolutely. Um, <laughs> um, so like I, I was much I was much less willing to really throw a bone to this movie at all. Um, Something in hindsight that I think is wise. I just yeah, I think I, I mostly I mostly hate how yeah minorities most of the jokes in this movie are hinged on um, taking the piss out of minorities, mm-hmm. which is cheap and lazy comedy um specifically i'm going to give you some specifics of what i really hated mm-hmm. so i hate pam the character pam the most <laughs> he only serves as like like his entire purpose is just to be this kind of catalyst um for whatever like zany misadventure is about to happen and he like and he literally describes the the plot line as it's happening like the scene where the scene where Zac Efron smokes crack his Pam's line is literally uh oh dude you just smoked like so much crack that you'll probably die in about 30 minutes and and you smoked a lot of it and we're sitting there meant to be like shit I wonder what's gonna happen now but like everyone knows what crack is the like Characters going on zany misadventures because they're on drugs is a very tired mechanism of comedy. Correct. It's so tired that like I think it has I think it has like insomnia or something. Yeah. It's it's as tired as how tired I am now. Yeah. To the point where I couldn't even think of something good to say <laughs> just then. <laughs> So I'm very sorry to all you listeners out there. It's tired is basically what I'm trying to say. Yeah. So that's number one. Give me number um, two. I, number two, the, scene, the fucking golf scene. 
mm-hmm. is what I hate the most. Um, because Robert De Niro's gross old guy character sees a couple of cougars off in the distance playing golf and he just immediately immediately zeroes in on them like some kind of predator and he's like yes I'm gonna go and try and pick up these chicks like like chicks just go out to play golf in the hope that some old guy is going to come up to them and try and pick them up and so he goes up to them and he's like (laughs) he interrupts them first like they're probably having a really nice day just the two gal pals out they might have you know Plan their whole day around just having a hit of golf and then maybe going have a rosé at the club, something <laughs> nice. And then this fucking gross old dude just shows up out of nowhere and starts like mansplaining how to play golf to them. And then just kind of goes, here, I'll show you. And like, and, and gets right up in this chick's grill um, and starts basically dry humping her from behind and says like really inappropriate shit like now put now just put your hand on my shaft and I'll just put my finger in here and there's a point where she actually looks up at her friend and looks she looks a bit scandalized yeah I remember that and I think that's very poor direction on behalf of Dan Mazza 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 yep the director because she, because that look is really obvious, but yeah. then she turns around and later on he's meant to be like really enjoying his attention and stuff. So I'm like, <laughs> come on, Dan. That's very inconsistent. Pick your game up. Um, and and then, uh, then Robert De Niro describes the two women as cougars as they're like not paying attention for a second to Zach. And then so, – so he sets it up as that these two are cougars and mm-hmm. everything that that implies – and then they're meant to be turned off by Zach Efron, who is like, <laughs> who is like the fucking hottest dude on earth. And we're meant to believe that these two cougars are like, oh, Zach Efron, no thanks. I'm going to go with Robert Saggy De Niro instead. There's actually, if anyone's a big fan of Entourage, there's an, there's an epo- episode in Entourage where Zach Efron um, makes a cameo. Really? Yeah, and it's when Ari um, is trying to get him as a new client and he's on this three-way phone call between Ari and his current agent and he's firing his current agent while Ari's listening in and then telling this guy that he's now picking up Ari as oh, the agent. I didn't know that. And Zach Efron's in some store and this girl, this mother and her little girl come up to him. And this is like maybe only a couple of years after high school musical. But um, the mother's like, Excuse me, my, my girl's a big fan. Can you please sign this thing? And Zach's like, Yeah, sure. And the mother's like, um, Make it out to Lori. And then Zach's like, it's really nice to meet you, Laurie, to the little girl. And the little girl's like, my name's Amanda. And the mother's like, my name's Laurie. It was really nice to meet you. And he's like, oh, fuck. And like, so. Like that's the life. That's it's, yeah, the life like that's of Zac the real Efron. life of Zach Efron. And then Dan Maz is trying to tell us that these cougars on the golf course like, yuck, no thanks. I had a real problem with that. Yeah. I was like, if someone who even remotely looked like Zach Efron came up to me. Like playing golf, I would, I would not be You'd like, be okay oh, the grandpa instead. He's hot. <laughs> so number three, what was your number three? Um, uh, what did I cringe most about today? There was just a lot of cringes. Um, I I took notes. Mm-hmm. Oh. Uh, it wasn't so much. 
Oh, no. The thing that I hated as well was that Robert De Niro's character was written for um, like a 20-year-old frat boy. Mm -hmm. At least his dialogue is. Yep. And I don't know how they, I don't know how they got there with that. And it really annoyed me. What do you mean by that? So, so the dialogue of De Niro's character is more more like um, Stifler out of American Pie. And in fact, um, I found I found a clip um, of Stifler saying something like, "Let me get let me get you a spoon so you could eat my ass." And <laughs> then the golf scene. De Niro's driving this golf buggy along going, out of the way, butt fuckers. I've got to get this guy to a butt fucking convention. <laughs> I remember that. I'm like, that's not that's not what like a 70 whatever year old would say. Yeah. And and they like Dan Mazza just tries to ram that down everyone's throats like for the whole movie. He keeps with it for way this too long. This weird joke about like this old guy just with this very strange out of sorts dialogue. That really got to me. I hated that shit. Yeah. But let's... I want to flip this on its head because we have thrown the rubbish out. Oh, so much rubbish. But I want to turn this train around. <laughs> I want to kick this up a little bit. Yeah. And focus on the positives. I want to ask you, Lucy, what were your positives? Okay. Um, I noticed some things. Mm-hmm. Uh, one of them was... Just Aubrey Plaza being mm-hmm. in this movie, like yeah. she was given. Kudos a, to her. She, she has was given, done a great job. She was given given a fairly horrendous script to work with, and she still made her bits funny. Yep. Even though she had lines like, "Party, party some babies into us." That's not. That's that's not Aubrey. That's hard to work with. That's very hard to. But like she still she still did well, and I still enjoyed her character a lot mm-hmm. because. But I enjoyed it because I have the context of Parks and Rec. Okay. I can't see her as anything else but her character of Parks and Rec. So, yep. a, and she was hilarious in that. So I carry that hilariousness. Yep. Number uh, number two. Number two was. Number two was a tie between Danny Glover's appearance mm-hmm. and also the um, use of a Charles Bradley song in there. The Charles Bradley song was Charles Bradley. Um, is this excellent singer and if you don't know him you should look him up he's like um he's like james brown reincarnate yeah and um there's a it's the scene after um zach efron and de niro you know inevitably have this fucking falling out Mm. um after all the zany misadventures they've been on (laughs) and and so zach goes home he tells his grandfather not to come to his wedding and blah 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 whatever and, and it's, like, meant to be this really sad, like, oh, no, Zach's going back to his sad former life. Yep. But they're playing a Charles Bradley song, and I fucking love Charles Bradley. <laughs> <laughs> so, for me, I was like, do your thing, Zach! Swings and roundabouts. <laughs> um, but I also enjoyed Danny Glover's appearance. That was yep. great. That, that fucking rocked. That is good. Purely and because his opening line was, yeah, fuck him up, Elf! <laughs> 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 I love that line. That like that that line relates to nothing else in that movie, and it's probably my favorite line. Danny Glover is in this film for a grand total of maybe three minutes. Yeah, and it's possibly the greatest three minutes of the entire film. It was fucking excellent. I loved it. I loved his appearance. I loved his delivery. Yeah, everything about him just said yes. Yep, he was so good. He wasn't there for long enough. No, more of Danny would have been fucking great. Yeah. Anything else on the pros? Um, and then my other pro was just Zac Efron being 
shirtless a lot. Mm-hmm. I really appreciated that because I felt like it was the writers just saying to their audience, I'm really sorry about everything. So here's Zach shirtless for yeah. no reason whatsoever. And, you know, I think the one time they kind of tried to justify him being shirtless, they came up with the flex off scene, which is just made me want to poke my eyes out. It's despicable. Except for the fact that Zach was nude. So I was like, no, I'll keep them in. I'll keep my eyeballs in this time around. (laughs) Um, But yeah, they're probably really the only standouts amongst just about two hours of turtle shit. What about yours? Tell me yours. Um, what were your pros? For me, I do agree with your pros, all of them. Including Zach being shirtless. I don't know about you that. You didn't like that. You said in your post that you didn't like that I just all. thought it went on for too long because I, I timed it. I timed it for almost, it was almost 18 minutes of him being either shirtless, scampily clad, butt naked or shirtless. I'm so fine with that. I'm so okay with that. <laughs> yeah, I just thought it was excessive, but I mean, I'm not taking any way, anything away from the guy. Like, he's got a great rig. I'm not denying that. But yes, it just seemed does. excessive. But on the back of it had nothing else to go on. Yeah, that kind of makes sense. Yeah. Um, what was your other one? Look, I really enjoyed when he first smokes that pipe of crack at the party and then he just immediately starts chanting USA USA (laughs) there's something really arrogant about that that I really enjoy do you think how often do you think that happens in America people just start chanting USA for no reason (laughs) but if it's anything that like I would just appreciate if it's anything common as it happens in this film I would really appreciate it. Mm-hmm. Um, that was my other one. The For some strange reason, uh, after Zephron goes home and is with Meredith, who is his fiance, and mm-hmm. they're sitting on the couch and they're wondering if they have enough uh, napkins. And she turns to him and says, um, honey, if the, the organizer is running out of napkins, wants to know if we want more, do you want seafoam or pistachio? <laughs> and the concept of pistachio colored napkins just really set me off. <laughs> I really enjoyed it and thought it was really hilarious. See, that's the type of detail that you notice when you've watched it five and a half times. Yeah, it is. It is. And the other one, <laughs> I, I know this is an extra, but I'm going to add it anyway. Go on. Um, organic hemp seed foot satchel. With the hippies that are camped out yep. to avoid the laser tag taking over the forest. Yeah. I just, it gets me every time. I'm sorry. Yep. it. I laugh every time he says that. Yeah. That was a little nugget of like surprise. Oh, yep. that's kind of, that's kind of clever. Mm. Um, I have a question about this movie. Mm-hmm. There is a scene where uh, Zach and De Niro... Uh, sitting in a cafe it's before they it's before they've just started their road trip yeah and um they're sitting in a cafe and you know uh they've eaten and then they're about to leave and um the waitress comes over to collect the money and this waitress she has an eye patch she does and i want to know why she has an eye patch (laughs) how did she get that yep 
Um, is it permanent? Like, what's behind there? Is she missing an eyeball? Is it like, does she have a replacement one? Just vacant like, space. What's? Well, I want to know that backstory. Surely, if you've got a glass eye, you wouldn't bother with the eye patch. I don't know. That's like this is this is the kind of question that I was I just was rattling around. I was like, what has she been up to? Where did she get that eye patch? And I think she was actually a pirate. Yeah. I think she like for. For her youth, she spent um, her youth at sea mm-hmm. and she got into some kind of fucking sword fight. Yeah. And um, you have to have both working eyes to yep. be a pirate. And so she was fired from being a pirate and then she had to be a waitress instead. Yeah, because she needs the cash. Well, fuck, gal's got to all- live. Gal's got to live, you what know. What do all previous pirates do? They go and wait tables. <laughs> they do. Naturally. They have excellent customer service skills. See, these are the kind of things that you get affected with when you're watching such a dog shit movie. You start <laughs> working on the having... backstories of people that don't fucking matter in the movie. <laughs> and, and like, the, the director and the writers would have put her in there for a reason. Yeah. Why didn't they just put a normal waitress in there? There oh, would have no. been a conscious decision. She had to have an eye patch. To say, Why, fellas? Let's, Why did she have an eye patch? Let's put a eye patch on this waitress, <laughs> and no one has come up with an answer other than us. There are a lot of a lot of questions that will go unanswered about this movie, but that is one that I will be forever curious about. Yeah, I agree. That's a that's a good that's a good pickup actually. I didn't pick that one up. Was there what did you notice any small things? Oh, I noticed a lot of small things, but. Something would probably take more than this podcast to explain. And the thing is, I wouldn't get any answers from anyone, yeah. which is... Uh, it's disheartening. It is really disheartening. And I don't know how to how to resolve it because <laughs> I could go on for days about pointless shit that happens in this movie. <laughs> but there would be no resolution whatsoever, which is the most concerning part about it. Yes. I will say, actually, there was... Uh, I did enjoy Zac Efron's um, the way he talked about being a lawyer. His opening yep. his opening lines for this movie. He's like standing around with a bunch of other lawyers, and he's like making some hilarious joke about like something that he said to a judge, which the audience is not meant to understand because you're not meant to get law. But I did law, and listening to him spurt out this fucking shit about like, so I said to the judge, "Your Honor," blah blah blah, whatever he said. Like, gave me this immediate and like quite aggressive flashback to um, my college days, like sitting around the dinner table and listening to all these other law students just circle jerk each other <laughs> about shit that they pretended that they knew because they'd just heard it in a lecture that day. And they were like, no, I know the law because I study law. <laughs> the only time I did that was when I was shit-faced out the front of the pub and I was arguing with the bouncer being like, I'm a law student, so you have to let me back in. What? Law students arguing with the bouncers? It's the first time I've heard of that. I think I was the only one who did it. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it didn't work. <laughs> they didn't let me in. Anyway, so I thought that was good. I thought that was a good I thought I thought Zephron was really good in this, to be honest. I yeah. thought there were two really good actors in this. One was Zephron. I thought he he's a good actor because he really he just commits to what it is. I think everyone else was floating on the periphery, very skeptical about how to approach such a dog shit film. Yes. But he was just like, I'm getting paid for this, I'm a young actor, I need this. Yes. I need this to work. You all have established yourself or need the money. I need this to work for me. 
Which raises the question, what was De Niro doing? That is a that is why? a terribly good question, Lucy. Why? <laughs> why, Robert? Why? The bit where he goes the bit where he goes, I want to fuck a horse and drink its blood. I literally said out loud, No, Robert, no. Before he said that, so he would have had to read it on a pa- on paper yeah. and and think to himself, I have to say this and the rest of the world has to hear me say yeah. it. Yeah. Is this what I want? He would have he would have read that script and then gone, hmm, where does this rate in relation to, oh, I don't know, Taxi Driver or Raging Bull or any of those other movies that... Or Godfather 2, which is probably the best movie ever made. Yeah. So he's either, the theory, I think, mm-hmm. is either he's very poor mm-hmm. and so will take anything. Yep. Or he's so rich and is now at a point in his career where he'll do anything he likes because he can. Like, he doesn't have to care or worry about maintaining a good reputation. There is that theory. There is a theory that he's getting to an age where he's probably only got maybe 10 years worth of work left in him. So he's like, I'm cashing in now. I'm cashing in all my chips. I want the money. I need it. I don't care about my reputation anymore. Let's rake this stuff in and head to the bank. (laughs) I don't think this movie made that much money, though. No, it did. Oh my god! I know that. I know it. Oh. It either it either cost eleven point three to to oh, make, or it made that so much sad. money. It it definitely made more than it cost to produce. Why? I know that for a fact because I looked it up because I've watched it five and a half fucking <laughs> times. Yeah, that makes me really sad. Yeah. Oh no, people. <laughs> Do we recommend people watch this? Look, uh, like if you are having a really good day and you're just feeling good about life and, um, you know, you're, you're feeling like you're at your peak, you're feeling smart, just having a good time and you're kind of sick of that feeling and you want to just take it down a notch, <laughs> just start doubting everything you know, just like start feeling offended, um, start questioning why Robert De Niro has betrayed you in such a way, mm. just generally like to feel bad about yourself, then yeah, totally watch this movie. Yeah. Yeah, watch it. Um, but I, generally... I, I said in my post that this is a movie for people who want to fall asleep or are hungover. Yeah. But I've watched that movie when I am hungover and also when I'm about to fall asleep. And I still didn't enjoy it, so I can't even fall back on my own words. <laughs> I don't know what to, I don't know what to give you. I don't know what to say about this. Well, you know, you could watch it so that this podcast makes a bit more sense, maybe. Yeah, but yeah, like... that's a great that that is a that is a great thing to fall back on. <laughs> but if anything, just watch it for background knowledge of this podcast. <laughs> but also, you know, in the words of Larry David, yeah. Yeah. You don't have to. Yeah. Get yeah. on with your life. Yeah, that guy's fucking funny. That guy is funny, and this film is not. <laughs> <laughs> Correct. On that bombshell. Now, tell us uh, for next week. Next we week, we have a little treat. We needed to pick ourselves up after such a, just a terrible week that we have experienced with this film. Yeah. We have a little treat. For us, mainly, it's but for you, secondary. For <laughs> uh, we are going to write about The Simpsons next yeah. week. 
which yes. I am personally very excited about. It's a, it's a topic that's close to my heart. Yeah. I'm pretty excited. Yeah. So I don't like being negative. I don't like writing neg- having to write negative things. No. Um, hopefully, though, this podcast and our reviews will get back to Dan Mazza and, and, <laughs> and the editor. What was her name? Anne McCabe. And Anne McCabe. And they'll just take a good fucking long, hard look at themselves in the mirror. Anne McCabe, more importantly, maybe. Yeah. <laughs> But no, we're going to write about The Simpsons next week. And so um, so read our posts when they come up on Wednesday and Friday. Um, and Please we... give us five stars on iTunes. Follow yes, us please. on Instagram. Follow us on Facebook and follow yeah. us on Twitter. We need, we need that validation we need it, after please. this week. Please, please just give us something <laughs> for doing so this. <laughs> but seriously, do it. Yeah. Okay. Thanks, guys. Thanks See you for later. listening. Bye. Okay, bye.